Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Be careful what you wish for, eh? We might be getting more than what we bargained for here in the Midwest. By the sounds of it, anyway, with the weather report that's coming. But that's little Dino Bravo, Dean Martin, back in the, from back in the day with a little white Christmas. And I hope yours, uh, if you're listening to this right now, uh, may be white uh, because it's just kind of fun to have snow and uh, all the white around and it's just pretty. And at least before Christmas, for whatever reason, I'm kind of sentimental like that and enjoy uh, a white Christmas. We haven't had one, at least where I've lived, I want to say in the last five to six years or so. I can't remember the last one that we had. And uh, here we go. This year, we're going to have one, I think. It's going to be cold, too. So it'll be interesting uh, how that plays out. But... um, This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America and to the republic for which it stands, two nations under God, quite divided with liberty and justice for some. You can reach us at It's a Religion, uh, Ehud at It's a Religion.org. That's Ehud at It's a Religion.org. And we are here to spread the word of God, to spread the good news, to encourage you in your faith. We are actually reading through the Bible right now. The truth of God, the word of God, the uh, only thing that we really can trust in this life because the rest of it is going to be developed and put forth by sinful men. And we have seen that quite a bit the last few years in this country and all over the world. We've seen sinful men try to circumvent the truth, try to push vaccines instead of things like ivermectin that uh, would help heal people without taking a uh, gene-altering drug. And it's a sad state of affairs, actually, um, in the world, and those of the world, uh, as they always have, follow their own edicts, follow after things that are not God-centered, are not God-focused. And it shouldn't surprise those of us who have faith in God that it doesn't work that way for them, and they, that they don't choose to follow God. They don't desire goodness and truth and integrity and to work hard. Uh, you know, there's a lot of folks that basically want to use the system at this point, want to use um, the system of governance in this country for their own gain. And, uh, you know, there are powers at work behind the scenes that uh, are spiritual in nature. And I think we need to recognize that for what it is. There is a spirit at work uh, on this earth still that has not been completely banished. It's been um, removed in the sense that it doesn't have power over you once you put your faith in Christ. You are free from the edicts of Satan and evil because though you still will commit evil you will still sin from time to time as you walk with God as you get closer to him he will help you do it less would be the idea but also um, 
you know, it says in the Bible that, that some really enjoy sin. They revel in it. They uh, don't mind mocking God in it. And we see that in our society today. People that that do just that. That are minions of uh, Satan uh, spiritually. And we should be sad and prayerful that uh, somehow they would see the truth. There's only two truths in this world, folks. You have the truth of the Bible, the truth of a God who created you, who saved you from this sin, or everything else. Um, and the chief tenet of everything else is the theory of evolution. You know, you have a lot of false religions out there that um, hint at the truth in some ways, but ultimately are false in nature because they don't point to the one true God, the, the Lord Jesus Christ who created you, who sustains this whole thing, who makes it possible to breathe every day. And uh, without identifying with that, uh, it's just we're in a difficult position, to say the least. So, with that, we are reading through the Word of God. We are reading the Bible right now. We started out in Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we are all the way up to Exodus chapter 4. Exodus is the second book of the Bible. Um, we have gone through the stories of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their families and how the people group from Israel. Again, we don't talk about race on this show. There's only one race, folks, the human race. And anybody that wants to um, balk at that, anybody that wants to push back at that, I direct you to the human genome and the fact that it is the same no matter what your skin color is. You might have a slight variation in there, but it's, uh, it's pretty much the same thing. And you are a human being, first and foremost. So stop looking at skin color to determine um, what you think of people. Now, people have different cultural upbringings. People are from different places in this country, even. Where it creates differences. It creates uh, situations where people are uh, different in how they approach things. And that's culture. That is not race. And so we need to stop letting people, politicians especially, divide us by that. And create situations that, you know, why should someone who doesn't have anything hate someone who's got things why should someone who has things hate someone who doesn't why should someone who is a certain uh, color of skin hate someone who has a different color of skin no matter what that difference is they're still people and it's sad that that these divisions get sewn into us especially in in certain communities within these cultures and it's not right folks it's not right we are all children of god we're all made uh, from him by him and for him for his purposes ultimately 
which we will see worked out in the end. So Genesis and then Exodus is the story of the Israelite people uh, removing, being removed from Egypt by the power of God after they had been subjugated into sin, which is an example of our own subjugation, of our own sin after the fall, and how through God's power we can be saved. And in this case, we're going to see how God's power saves the children of Israel and brings them out of bondage in Egypt. And Jesus Christ brought us out of bondage to our sin. So Exodus chapter 4, but Moses protested again, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? And the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? The shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw it down on the staff and turned it into a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it. And it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him. And they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, really has appeared to you. And the Lord said to Moses, now put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak. And when he took it out again, his hand was white as snow with leprosy. Now put your hand back in your cloak, the Lord said. So Moses put his hand back in. And when he took it out again, it was healthy as the rest of his body. Now, right there, we have an example of God's control over the physicality of the universe. Instantly, he makes Moses' hand leprous instantly he changes the staff into something else and then changes it back instantly moses hand is healed again did not take him a million years to do anything so you folks that preach theistic evolution because you're worried about what other people think stop just stop already why would god need more than 30 seconds to accomplish anything that he wants the Lord said to Moses, If they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second sign. And you know, it's interesting. Uh, I have talked with people in the realm of collegiate spheres that uh, teach this stuff, theistic evolution. And I just, I challenge them with stuff like this. Like Jesus didn't need any time to heal somebody. Why would he need a million years to do anything? And the answer was always, well, my colleagues would say, again, more concerned with what their colleagues think than what the Word of God says. And I remember bringing up the fact that, um, you know, you had Moses as an example, and, and he, you know, he wrote all these things as eyewitness accounts um, that were handed down. And, you know, his answer was, well, we know so much more than Moses did back then. And I'm thinking, Moses, talked to God right here. The God of the universe spoke with this man. And yet you know more than he did. Sorry, I had my alarm on this morning. But anyway, so the Lord said to Moses, they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign. They will be convinced by the second sign. And if they don't believe you or listen to you, even after those two signs, then take some water from the Nile River and pour it out on the dry ground. When you do, the water from the Nile will turn to blood on the ground. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. And the Lord asked Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? 
or hear or do not hear, see or do not see. Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. But Moses said again, Lord, please send anyone else. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. All right, he said, what about your brother Aaron and the, Le the Levite? He know, he's, I know he speaks well, and look, he is on his way to meet you now. He will be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesperson to the people, and he will be your mouthpiece, and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say. And take your shepherd's staff with you, and use it to perform the miraculous signs I have shown you. So Moses went back home to Jethro, his father-in-law. Please let me return to my relatives in Egypt, Moses said. I don't even know if they are still alive. Go in peace, Jethro replied. Before Moses left Midian, the Lord said to him, Return to Egypt, for all those who wanted to kill you have died. So Moses took his wife and his sons and put them on a donkey and headed back to the land of Egypt. In his hand he carried the staff of God. And the Lord told Moses, When you arrive back in Egypt, go to Pharaoh and perform all the miraculous signs I have empowered you to do. But I will harden his heart so he will refuse to let the people go. Then you will tell him, This is what the Lord says, Israel is my firstborn son. I commanded you, let my son go, so he can worship me. But since you have refused, I will now kill your firstborn son. On the way to Egypt, at a place where Moses and his family had stopped for the night, the Lord confronted him and was about to kill him. But Moses' wife, Zipporah, took a flint knife and circumcised her son. She touched his feet with the foreskin and said, Now you are a bridegroom of blood to me. When she said a bridegroom of blood, she was referring to the circumcision. After that, the Lord left him alone. So he hadn't circumcised his sons yet. Interesting. Now the Lord had said to Aaron, Go out to the wilderness to meet Moses. So Aaron went and met Moses at the mountain of God, and he embraced him. Moses then told Aaron everything the Lord had commanded him to say, and he told him about the miraculous signs the Lord had commanded him to perform. Now, it's interesting going back to the firstborn son. That's, you know, what has happened. You know, again, God is setting this up as a prequel to what Christ is going to do 2,000 years later or so after this time. So this is all, I believe, an example of that which is going to occur. Then Moses and Aaron returned to Egypt and called all the elders of Israel together. Aaron told them everything the Lord had told Moses. Moses performed the miraculous signs as they watched. Then the people of Israel were convinced that the Lord had sent Moses and Aaron. When they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped The Lord was concerned about them and their misery. So you wonder what it was like for the people of Israel in that situation. Um, being in bondage in Egypt, it sounded like it was a pretty desolate thing. And, uh, you know, Moses certainly didn't like it when he was there before. And, you know, it plays out certainly differently than the, the movie, The Ten Commandments. That was pretty well dramatized. But, um, you know, he's obeying, right? He doesn't want to. He 
bagged a bag that he shouldn't have to, but he's still going anyway. So I got to commend him for that. You know, and it turns out Moses is a pretty humble guy in the end, which we'll see later. But, but they're on a mission to bring the people of Israel out and back into the land from which they came and which God promised uh, Abraham. And there's a whole bunch of people groups living there that apparently God is not happy with. And we're going to see that transpire as well. And I just I wonder how the Lord looks at some of this stuff. Uh, I know my wife and I get pretty frustrated with things at times, things that we see and read, and just the um, the hypocrisy of people that claim you know they want every vote to count and then uh, disenfranchise thousands of people in Arizona on the day of and don't seem to mind and things like that it's just you know the Biden crime family uh, being given the authority of the power of the presidency of the United States because he'd be a yes man for whatever the powers that be that want you know to see President Trump be referred to a criminal as a criminal and yet he did nothing wrong and on the flip side you have people like Hillary Clinton done many many things wrong and yet she walks around cackling all over the place like it's nobody's business and you know I don't understand how God looks at that and doesn't strike her down but yet in the Bible it says he loves everybody and wants everybody to come to the knowledge of the truth so Lord God Almighty, help me have a heart like yours today, heart for the lost, and forgive me for my poor attitude. I pray you would help me be a better example of your truth, goodness, and mercy, and uh, thank you for the opportunity to do so. In Jesus' name. Have a great day, everybody. Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In the lane, snow's glistening. A beautiful sight, oh, we're happy tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland. Gone away, is a bluebird here to stay? Is a new bird, he's singing a song as we go along.